welcome to the Stay Loyal Podcast, where we seek to find objective truths about specific topics with experts in those fields. In this episode, I will be interviewing Reggie Hearn, who is an NBA G League player for the Memphis Hustles. We talk about the ups and downs of a professional basketball player and the hardship one must face to get to the top of their career. He also shares about the hardship he had to endure after having to leave the Detroit Pistons at the height of his career. We also discuss the importance of mental health and the community and how it plays into being a successful athlete. Enjoy the show. Cool, we're good. Cool, man. All right, so how you been? Yeah, been good, man. Uh, just in the middle of the dog days of January, in the middle of my season. So, yeah, um, yeah just trying to get everybody on my team healthy and uh, hopefully make we can make a good run at the end of the season. Gotcha. And you were playing for the Memphis Hustles, is that correct? Yeah, Memphis Hustle of the NBA G League. And how long have you been playing for that team? Uh, this is my first season with them. Um, ninth ninth season overall uh, in the G League as a whole. Gotcha. All right, cool, man. I just wanted to ask you about uh, um, how you grew up and I guess where did you grow up and how did you get to playing basketball in the uh, NBA G League? So if you want to start off there and get to uh, get to the deep stuff later. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I was born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, born in 1991. Uh, so I just hit the 30 mark uh, back nice. in August. Cool, man. Um, yeah, uh, just from a young age, uh, my parents, uh, my mom loved the game of basketball. She didn't play too much herself, uh, but my dad played in college. Um, even by the time I was born, he was uh, still playing in a 30 and over league. Um 10 years later, he was playing in the 40 and over league uh, nice. in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So um, kind of got the love of the game from my parents. My dad was also a basketball referee. And when he remarried, um, my stepmother was also a basketball referee. So mm. just kind of runs in the family. And so from an early age, I had one of those little tykes basketball hoops. And the ball was in my, in my hand a lot. Uh, I used to play on that hoop a lot. And once I was old enough for organized ball, uh, my mom, uh, got me involved in Y ball, upward basketball through my church. Um, and really any opportunity there was to to play basketball, I was doing it. That's sweet, so, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you think, uh, what do you believe that brought you to where you are right now? You mean in my career? Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, it was a, a combination of, I would say three things. Uh, my number one, I think, uh, just the blessing of God. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's so many stories I can tell about uh, times I wanted to quit or I thought my basketball career would be over. And, um, you know, during those times, I would really cry out to God, honestly, um, and, and pray about, you know, if he wanted me to stay involved in the game, um, was that a part of my uh, path in life? And that leads me to number two is I feel like he would send people my way, um, encouragement uh, my way through several people. Um, I've had a couple of trainers that were both named Jeff, um, which coincidentally, I one day looked up the, the meaning of the thing. Um, but I had two trainers, uh, like I said, that have come along during my basketball career at times where I was really kind of low. Um, and help to train me, not just physically, but uh, mentally and emotionally, encouraging me to keep 
uh, going along. So between God and the people who kept me going, um, you know, those are two things that have really helped me get to this point. And then, you know, I would say my own um, uh, perseverance. Um, and when I say that, you know, it's not me saying, oh, I really pushed through things. Like it was just my will that got me to this point. It was more like uh, just making the decision in my really low moments to kind of hang on um, and say, okay, like, I'm just going to keep trying. I really don't feel like I got it today. Um, I don't feel confident right now in my game or uh, I just don't know if I want to play basketball right now. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs just like any career, but I think during the moments where I was really down, um, you know, between the encouragement I got from God and, and others in my life, um, you know, the final, the final needed, um, final needed factor was just my own will to just, kind of hang on and say, all right, uh, let, me, let me give this another day. Let me give this another week. Um, yeah. And it's produced a pretty, pretty special career that I, that I didn't expect in any way, shape or form. So um, I feel very thankful and blessed uh, to God and all the people that have uh, helped me get to this point. Cool, man. And uh, I just want to ask you, so when, uh, when you got to uh, the NBA and the NBA G League, uh, did you ever have to battle with, uh, with the inner ego? in some form of way where you had where something else kind of came up maybe made you feel like oh i'm famous now you know uh, there's all these things coming my way how did you how did you battle with that or how did you um i guess suppress that yeah the inner ego uh man that uh that definitely reared its head a lot um honestly i would say i didn't deal with it too heavily at least in, from my own perspective until i made it to the nba and then mm. had to go back to the g league because gotcha. yeah. i made it to the nba um mm. i believe it was halfway through my fifth season mm. um i was with the detroit pistons for eight months mm. um you go up there and, and everything's different you're flying mm. flying private instead of commercial yep. uh you know the the bathrooms on the private jets are bigger than the bathrooms in my apartment mm. and um, you know, you're getting sued, served food all the time. I mean, sushi, chicken wings on the plane. And when you land, there's more food at the hotel. Mm. Um, it's just the, the lifestyle is a lot, a lot different. And you just kind of feel like, man, I've made it. Like, I'm really good at my craft that mm. I am in the NBA, at the upper echelon. And so then when I got released the following year after eight months with the Pistons, coming back to the G League, mm. it was, you know, I... I didn't expect, you know, okay, I need a private jet and or any of that. But on the court, I expected like, okay, like I've made it to the NBA. I expected, you know, looking back, I can see, oh, I expected a little more respect or a little more yeah, honor. Yeah. Like uh, mm -hmm. I've made it. Like let's run some more plays for me or let's, you know, let's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I've been to the NBA. I'm good. Um, so I think that's, that's when I've dealt with it the most. And even in the few years since then, you know, you look around at some of the other guys that get call-ups and, and it can be really a like to not make it back and start to question yourself a little bit. Um, but in order to, you know, kind of suppress that pride, you asked about the inner ego. Uh, I think, you know, again, the people around me um, remind me like my wife, you know, mm. you know, reminded me at one time, like, Hey, like, I don't know if you necessarily deserve to get back to the NBA. You know, you obviously you're good at what you do, but, um, you know, hearing that from her and then also just spending time with God. And anytime you look at Jesus there, you like, 
that's the ultimate humility to be, mm. um, you know, in heaven with God, the father, and then come down to earth, um, that, to, to humble yourself in that way and to, to die for the, for the sake or the good of the world when you're God himself, that like, you can't get more humble than that. So anytime I've really spent time with God, I think that all that helps me to humble myself and to look at the life of Jesus and what he did. Um, so, you know, a combination of, of that. And like I said, the people uh, around me that will, um, you know, speak truth and love to me when I need to hear it. Mm. And at what position do you play um, in your team right now? I mean, honestly, uh, Simon, if you watched any game, I played anywhere from one to five. One gotcha. last game I, I played on the wing. Mm. Um, that, that's more of my natural position, I would say, is kind of a, you know, three-man, four-man. Mm. Um, playing on the wing or kind of a small ball four-man. But um, due to the nature of the G League and the lineups that we've had at times, I've played point guard and I've played center as well. Mm. So just depends on any given night what the team needs. Yeah. Do you got any pre-game uh, rituals that you do? Pre-game rituals? Uh, nothing music-wise, anything like that. Um, the only ritual, I guess I would say, is, you know, making sure my body is ready. In particular, I've had ankle issues in the past, so um, I do what's called mobilizations on my ankle, make sure my ankle is loose, not tight uh, with our trainer. They kind of manipulate my joints and ligaments mm -hmm. and things like that um but other than that um you know i just make sure i do my proper stretching foam rolling uh just yeah. make sure my body feels as good as it can feel for the game did you also stand that in injury on the court um yeah just several ankle sprains uh on both ankles um ever probably my senior year in college i've dealt with a lot of them so i've since had uh, two surgeries, um, one on each ankle, just kind of to reconstruct it and make it more, make them more stable. Mm. So did you play uh, overseas at all? I thought I heard somebody say that you played overseas. Was that um, you? My only, my only overseas experience, I played a little bit with uh, USA Basketball. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and those were just, you know, some games we played, uh, Panama, Cuba, things like that. I tried to go play in Germany uh, mm. this past season or it would have been this season mm. um but due to coming off of ankle surgery uh, that i had earlier in the off season my ankle wasn't quite ready and the team did not want to wait for me to be you know fully ready to play um so i was out in germany for a month but i ended up being released from that team uh, gotcha. because they didn't want to to wait for my ankle to heal so yeah so that brought a, me back here yeah <laughs> so as a progression from um I guess from you went to college in Northwestern, you played for Northwestern and then, you know, you, you mm -hmm. know, gradually went to the NBA and now you're in the G league. So through that whole process, what's, how do you think your mindset has changed in terms of um, knowing yourself as a, as a basketball player? Yeah. I mean, I started my professional career, uh, I think just with a kind of happy to be here mentality. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't, necessarily expect to play professional basketball to be completely honest with you um so when I was told coming out of college that you know there was a good chance that I could at least play overseas um you know I was looking forward to that um and you know just surprised and thankful and like I said earlier you know on the podcast over my 
first uh, few years, um, you know, I continued to improve, but once I made it to the NBA, um, it was kind of like, wow, like, you know, I finally made it. It was a, it was a progression of confidence. Mm. Um, I'll say that from my first, my first year as a pro to my fifth year when I made it to the NBA, um, I had a down year and in my second year, I lost confidence. I was released from the team I was playing on and I spent a lot of time in the following offseason, like, you know, really praying, asking God if basketball was a part of my future, what did I need to do? Um, and that was one of the, um, you know, kind of mentioned of how, you know, there's, I could go into several stories about how God showed up that off season and, you know, provided, you know, resources necessary for me to, to mm. build my confidence and, and build my skills um, until, um, yeah, like do, I do you mind, uh, year and made it to the NBA. Yeah, do you mind sharing any mm -hmm. one of those stories that uh, yeah. helped to get you where yeah, you are? Abs yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it was after the 2015-2016 uh, season. Um, mm. I was released from the Idaho Stampede in my second year as a pro. Mm. Um, I was at home for a month, pretty depressed. Uh, you know, my parents you know, even mentioned that to me. You seem like you're kind of in a state of depression. Um, but after a month, I got picked up by the Reno Bighorns. Um, so I played the last five weeks of my second season there. Mm. And after the season, I um, I remember I really wanted to go back to Chicago to see some of my friends uh, from college. And I planned on that uh, probably for the last month of the season. And then when the season ended in April of uh, 2016, um, I just started feeling like almost like I shouldn't go, like when I was praying about it. Yeah. Um, maybe that I shouldn't, but I don't know. It was weird. So I, I prayed about it, you know, uh, yeah, this was a few days after the season and I prayed about it. And when I woke up the next morning, uh, Simon, I just felt like I didn't even want to go anymore. Yeah. So it was like, okay. So I prayed some more. I'm like, well, what am I going to do God? So I hadn't spent a lot of time, obviously during the season, I can't see my family. So I haven't spent some time with like my sister, my stepmom. So I said, Hey, let's just, let's hang out this weekend. Um, unfortunately, my stepmom had a, uh, it was like a business seminar that she had to go to. So she said, well, me and your sister, we got to go to this. If you come, you know, you can, you know, we'll, we'll do something after that together. And I said, okay, whatever. So I ended up going to this seminar and it happens to be a kind of a network marketing business development seminar. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I get in there and they, uh, they couldn't even find badges for me and my sister at first, like entry badges. So gotcha. yeah. I was like, what, what, am, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. why am I here right now? I could have been in Chicago. Mm. They finally find some badges at the last minute. We go in there and a speaker comes up and all of a sudden he starts talking about belief and it kind of got my attention. Now, mind you, this is in the context of network marketing, mm. right? Not talking about me as an athlete, mm -hmm. but then as this guy goes into examples and I still have notes uh, from this, um, you know, from this seminar, um, but all, he used like three or four examples that involved basketball, which I thought was nice. you know, yeah. it's so interesting. He talked about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, um, and he just gave this formula. Um, you know, his, the, his talk was called The Belief of a Leader. And he said, if you want to have influence in your business community, you know, how do you get influence? Well, that starts with belief. But if you don't have belief, okay, well, you have to have your work ethic. 
um, that produces competence. So that's when he brought in basketball games. He's like, if you work on your craft every single day in the gym, you watch yourself continue to get better. Your work ethic now breeds competence. And when you're competent at something, you start believing in yourself. When you believe in yourself, that attracts other people and that leads to your influence. So he said, work ethic brings competence, brings belief, brings influence. And, you know, I talked a lot with God in my first couple of seasons, like, oh God, I want to be a, you know, a disciple of yours in, in the NBA. Um, little did I know what I was asking for, but um, it was just, it was almost, I remember smiling during that moment, like, okay, like when I really involved God in this process, he's like, you don't have any belief in yourself right now. I need to help you get some belief. And he just kind of redirected my, my plans you know, right after the off season. So that I ended up at this network marketing seminar, which I have no interest in network marketing. Mm. Don't know what I'm doing there, but the message that the speaker was giving there was exactly what I needed to hear at that time. So then that led me to, you know, really committing to five or six, at least five days a week of, you know, working with a trainer. And then, you know, I didn't really feel like I was going to have the money for that. God provided in a whole nother way, which is a whole mm. nother story. Um, but that was kind of the starting point of me feeling like, okay, I really invited God into this, asked him, is basketball part of my future? And here he is through this speaker trying to infuse belief into me and also using basketball examples. It just seemed like too much of a coincidence. So yeah. it was, but it was a great, you know, time of faith building for me. Yeah. So I guess the question I wanted to ask you is what's been your toughest loss? I guess it could be in, in, in a game or just in life in general. And how have you like to jump back from it? Mm, toughest loss. Um, yeah, it's a tough uh, question. Um, I would say probably um, what I felt was kind of losing my sanity at the time. Um, and just for context of the story, um, you and I have talked before, Simon, mm -hmm. about mental health. Yeah. Um, and so what many people don't know is when I made it to the NBA, I got called up. I was with the Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, people might think, oh, that's, that's the time of his life. He's at the top of his craft. He's doing his thing. Um, it was also the worst time of my life because my mental health was in a very – very dark place to the point that I went to the mental hospital for six days. Mm. Um, this was in Feb February of 2018. Um, and so it was, I mean, this is a, you know, that would be a very long story to get into all the details, but mm. um, you know, at the time I was really uh, trying to um, ask God, you know, basically just invite God into my life as I had found a, a woman that I was very interested in, my now wife. Um, and that, you know, relationships I, I later came to find, find out were very stressful for mm -hmm. me. Um, and it really skewed my mind and how I would think. And it would produce a lot of anxiety to the point of panic attacks, um, very irrational decision making. Um, but I didn't have the tools to see or understand any of that. So to me, it just felt like I was losing my mind. Um, losing my sanity and very wild thoughts, um, you know, thoughts of, um, you know, running away, running into the, the woods, um, um, you know, wild things. Uh, I mean, I, I can't remember all the different sure. examples, yeah. but 
or locking myself in a room for five days, like very specific timelines. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, really questioning my own, uh, my own sanity. Um, and in terms of how I bounce back from that, um, again, it involved God and involved a lot of other people in my life, um, therapists, um, my now wife, um, my best friend, Greg, you know, people just really, um, helping to speak life, speak peace into me and also, you know, getting the necessary, um, medicine that would help kind of balance my, um, I guess it's hormone levels or um, chemical the chemical balance in my brain. Um, a lot of different things uh, like that. So it was a long road back, but I would say, I can say with, with the psalmist in the Bible that God has brought me into a spacious place. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a great place to be. Well, hey, thanks for sharing that. Uh, I just want to ask yeah. you, what, well, uh, what do you... Um, What's your diet like? So, what do you what do you do for uh, your diet? Do you have any do you, are you a specific um, are you vegan or vegetarian or are, is there something that you specifically use for a diet? Uh, no particular diet. Um, yeah. And in our two and a half years of marriage, uh, I have never cooked dinner one time. Nice. Uh, nice. My wife does all the cooking, all the grocery shopping. Uh, I just do the dishes. It's a it's a great tandem, great tag yeah. team. Yeah. Um, so she handles. Sorry, most of <laughs> she handles she handles most of our um, um, you know grocery shopping and all that. But we typically you know trying to have a protein, a few vegetables, uh, you know, every night with dinner, breakfast, uh, you know, fruits, eggs, veggies. You know, we don't do anything. I don't count my calories. I don't do anything like that. Mm. Um, but just trying to make sure you know you get a balance of fruits, veggies, grains, meat, all that different type of stuff, and drink a lot of water too a lot of water yeah and uh who's your uh obviously i have to ask this question but who's your biggest influence in basketball and why biggest influence um i mean in terms of how i play or just i can answer it kind of open yeah yeah open it broadly yeah okay uh biggest influence i would say um probably would be one of the trainers i mentioned earlier uh his name is jeff codera mm. um and it's a great it's a, another great story um i met him uh, it, again it was in my second year as a pro right before i got released from the team i was playing on um kind of a happenstance uh, meetup and footlocker in santa cruz yeah. california nice. uh, he walked in and he's like you know he's he's like five foot nothing man he's a mm. little filipino guy um he walked in with some walked into footlocker with you know, what looked like was supposed to be like an old school basketball get up. Looked like he just came from the Y, was wearing volleyball pads on his knees. Like, yeah. didn't look anything like a baller. Um, but, you know, we struck up a conversation and kept in touch. And, you know, once I got uh, released from um, the team that I was on um, at the time, uh, he became a very big influence to me. Um, in broken English, he's always sending me texts of like, like, Reggie, I know God has been for you. Like you can be an NBA. You just yeah. keep working hard, trust God. And uh, Reggie, I can train you if you want. Like, you know, just <laughs> yeah. saying all yeah, that yeah. different type of stuff. And, and like I said, he didn't look anything like a basketball, mm -hmm. like he would know anything about basketball. Um, but he, um, you know, ended up training me uh, several times. I stayed with him for 
probably three weeks uh, one summer and very knowledgeable uh, basketball trainer, um, which is, you know, just like God, he produces people that, you know, he doesn't look at the outward appearance. Like it doesn't matter what people see. Um, you know, he has gifted people in their unique and individual ways. And Jeff has become known as the man of a million drills because mm. every time I worked with him, he's worked with several players in the Philippines um, and a few here in the United States. He's also worked with a guy by the name of Adrian Zamora, who was on the Mexican national team, mm. um, in addition to working with me and other people. But um, he's uh, just very, very knowledgeable, man. We never ran the same drill once, or I mean, uh, multiple times. Mm. Um, he just has all this stuff in his head, and he'll just run you through various drills and talk about how it simulates a game situation and all sorts of things like that. Mm. Um, so Jeff... But, you know, he not only helped me with my schoolwork, like I said, he infused belief and confidence into me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm uh, forever thankful to him for that. Yeah, and that's cool, man. And do you uh, do you have an influence that has nothing to do with uh, basketball and uh, outside of basketball? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, one of my biggest influences would be uh, my best friend, uh, Greg Watson. Yeah. I always talk about how he, he wears a lot of different hats for me. Um, he's been... My best friend has been a big brother. He's been a, a mentor. He was the best man at my wedding. Um, and he's just kind of walked through life with me uh, probably for the past uh, six years. I believe we met in uh, January of 2016. When I played for the Reno Big Horns in Reno, Nevada. And um, just all the ups and downs of my life, he's uh, walked with me through those. He's, he's uh, There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about rejoicing with those who rejoice and suffering with those who mm -hmm. suffer. Mm -hmm. And um, he's done that. You know, he's been in my highest moments, um, you know, been to some of my games or several of my G League games. Um, we've been to other basketball games together where I wasn't playing. Um, he was the best man at my wedding, like I said. Um, so, and then when I was going through my mental health struggles, he was the one that, you know, sometimes would be on the phone with me for hours, um, you know, just, you know, trying to help me through things. Um, so just the, you know, just the biblical definition of a friend, man, who who has loved me at all times. So um, that he's been a huge influence in my life. That's awesome. And uh, mm -hmm. what keeps you, what keeps you clear? What kinds of things do you do to keep your mind clear on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to uh, you playing on the G League now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a big thing that I, I do is is meditation. Um, I started using the Headspace app nice. um, probably within the past two years. Uh, now I hardly ever use it. I kind of do my own self-guided uh, meditation, but I infuse uh, scripture reading into it. So, you know, I'll do, um, you know, just a few minutes of breathing, counting, relaxation, and then I'll say scripture to myself. Um, you know, just kind of preaching to my heart, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just getting God's word in me. Um, also, from time to time, I just have different um, affirmations that I'll just say to myself, um, like, you know, basketball related. I might say, I am an elite shooter. I am a shutdown defender. Um, because if I don't say those things, uh, my mind will tell me different. And it succeeds a lot of the time. And, mm. you know, we, we could be our own worst enemy. 
Um, and so I have to, you know, speak life to myself sometimes in addition to those around me who do that. Um, so I, t- I tend to do that, you know, during my meditation. Um, did you see a stark so- difference in, uh, from when you, when you, I guess, when you started meditating from, from before, was there a stark difference in how you thought and how you carried yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think I haven't been diligent enough to really see a huge difference when it comes to meditating, you know, specifically for sports purposes. But mm-hmm. in my life, I do feel, um, you know, meditation is really, uh, it's helped me to train my brain to stop and just be present, um, to stop kind of the cascades of thoughts and emotions that can just overcome me at times. Um, and I think that's the purpose of meditation is to make you stop and focus on what's going on. Mm around you and just you know being in the present moment which i i think is where humans are designed to be but Mm -hmm. oftentimes we're operating in the past or the future based on what our mind is doing at any given moment so meditation has been very helpful in getting me to be present um and just kind of helping me to relax in that sense all i have to i have to do is you know whatever is needed in the current moment I don't have to go back and change something from the past and I don't have to control something, you know, that mm-hmm. hasn't yet happened in the future. Nice. And uh, I'll, I'll leave you with one last question. Uh, if you were to talk to yourself when you were 18, uh, what would you tell yourself? What would I tell myself if I was 18? Um, I would probably, you know, I, I've talked a lot about speaking life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would focus on saying something pretty concise, but that was very life-giving. Um, you know, just something to the effect of, you know, um, you know, God can do anything with you. Just kind of stick close to him um, and he will, he will do, you know, like Ephesians 3.20 says, he will do exceedingly abundantly far beyond you ask or think, but, uh, you know, kind of let him do it. Focus on him, control what you can control. Um, and, but expect, expect awesome things to happen yeah. in your life and in the lives of those around you. So. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing your, uh, sharing your story and uh, sharing what you've learned through your uh, career. Uh, could you uh, just mm-hmm. let, let the fans know that how, how how they can reach you on social media and other mm-hmm. platforms? Yeah, um, the only thing I have is uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. Facebook is just my name. Um, I don't even remember what my profile picture is right now <laughs> or how they could easily find me. But um, Instagram, it's at hubby hearn. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah they can they can follow me on there no twitter or tiktok or anything else kind of an old man cool nice man hey thanks for coming on uh we'll keep in touch soon with you all right all right sounds good good talking to you yeah all right